And welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine Saturday morning. And as always, we appreciate you taking the time and tune in to listen to our program. And as always, uh, if you have any questions about a, a program from the past or maybe something that you'd like to hear me talk about in the future, please contact me at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com. Ooh, let me get that out again. <laughs> you can write me at, email me at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com. Also, if you'd like a free Bible, have loads of these great uh, modern translations um, that I can share with you at no cost. All you need to do is email me your name and your address, and I will send you that Bible free of charge, no obligation. The only thing I would hope that you would do is wear out the pages. Again, welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown. Today's program is entitled Focused Message. And the reality of, of sometimes what we're looking at when we're sharing the gospel is not always that clear in our minds. And so we try to take to study, we try to read the scriptures and understand them, and we have to be very cautious when we do that in the sense of we're not looking to have our own understanding and interpretation um, of the scriptures. What we're looking to do is ask God to fill us with his precious Holy Spirit so that we may, we may, and we may be guided by the Holy Spirit um, to understand the true meanings, the true, uh, the truth in what we're reading. Because there are many translations and there are many people that say things that do conflict uh, within uh, Christianity, within the Christian faith. So we need to be very, very careful as we move forward. The Bible does say study to show thyself approved. That's very important to do. Uh, to study, but in studying, it's not something that we're looking to discover gold tidbits on our own that w- of what we want to make them. But the reality is, is we want to understand its intention as, as God gave these inspired writings to these men through those early centuries. And so I, I'm going to talk about a scripture in Matthew 10, 34. And sometimes people think this uh, scripture conflicts uh, with some things that we're doing here. And the scripture itself says this, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And so, you know, we've had biblical discussions in, in different study groups and other people will say, I, I don't understand that because when Peter pulled out the sword and cut off one of the Pharisees or the guards' ears, Jesus said, put it away. Um, you know, essentially who he who lives by the sword dies by the sword. So what, what is he saying when he's bringing these kinds of scriptures that may seem at odds with other scriptures? Because we certainly know that he is the uh, prince of peace, you know. He is the uh, priest, high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He has come for healing, yet here he's saying, I did not come to bring peace but a sword. And so uh, I'm going to relate another scripture there where it talks about the gospel and our words being able to separate bone from marrow. And so when we look at what this sword does and the peace that that is disrupted, um, this can be within ourselves. This can actually be within ourselves where we have we do have a battle going on. And that battle within us is the spirit versus the flesh, isn't it? And so we, we know that the Bible says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So there's a constant battle that we can be up against as we try to honor God, as we try to follow that path of righteousness. But hopefully we do it the right way. And even the Bible says a righteous man can fall seven times and still recover. 
So that's, that's something interesting. A righteous man, someone who is actually trying hard, but we can still make mistakes, but it's not hopeless. And one of those individuals that I would attribute that kind of statement to would be King David. Um, because at one part of the scriptures, it talks about in Psalms, it talks about, you know, David essentially being a man after God's own heart. And with some of the things we saw David do, you go, oh, I, I just can't imagine that. But the thing with David is that once he did something that was wrong, he became convicted of it and cried out to the Lord and asked for strength and wisdom and asked the Lord, begged him in tears, fat, flat on his face on the ground saying, Lord, don't remove your spirit from me. Create a new heart in me wherein dwelleth righteousness. Those, those are things that are so important for under, us to understand. And at the same time, we may find persons um, that we ha might have a tendency to be sympathetic with uh, because we may think that God is dealing harshly with them. Now, that's not something that you should necessarily do, and every situation can be a little different. But I want you to understand that God can be more tender he can be more tender than we can ever understand or conceive. And every once in a while, he, he gives us the opportunity to deal firmly with someone so that it may be viewed, so that he may be viewed as the tender one. And so you have to understand, if a person cannot go to God, it's because he has something secret which he does not intend to give up. So instead of, of them just seeking you and seeking sympathy from you, they should be uh, crying out to God, asking forgiveness and asking for a solution to their situation. But if they're only going to someone else and not seeking God directly, uh, that can be a problem, right? He might have a, a secret which he really doesn't intend to give up. Now, he may admit the sin, he or she, but would no more give up the thing than he could fly under his own power. You see what's happening here. We often might even admit it to someone else. So there's an appearance uh, of, of uh, wanting forgiveness, but the reality is, is they're not really going to change. They're looking for your sympathy so that they might feel a little better about the situation instead of seeking God directly. And I will tell you, it's impossible to deal sympathetically with individuals like that. Because, again, the caveats are not that something bad happened to somebody or they did something bad. The, the issue becomes here is they have no intention of rectifying it or not doing again. Now, what we have to do is we have to reach down into their lives when we're ministering as servants of the Lord, when we're ministering as servants, when we're being essentially a minister to someone. We got to reach down into the root of the problem, and I'll tell you what can happen when we do many times, oftentimes, we find that what happens is we feel hostility and resentment towards the gospel, because the gospel is what is making that sin, that issue, prevalent, uh, you know, calling it to the surface and saying, this is something bad here, you have to change. And so if you were sensitive to God's way, your message as his servant um, will be, uh, will be, Consistent and insistent, cutting to the very root of what they're trying to share with you. If they're admitting sin to you, say it's sin. Don't say it's not that bad. Don't say, oh, eventually. No, try to help them understand that facing the situation and seeking God for the solution is the true, true answer. Right? We must drive home our message so forcefully that a person cannot possibly hide. I don't mean screaming and yelling. I just don't mean backing up into it 
I'm not talking about screaming and yelling, you're awful. I'm not talking about that. Forcefully sharing the message, not backing down from the message. There is a difference from just screaming and yelling. Because if we don't cut to the very root of it for them, when they seek us as a minister, there's not going to be any healing. It's not going to heal over. It's only going to happen again. It's only going to happen again. And if they've come to you to bring this to you and you're only being sympathetic without sharing what the gospel says, you are doing them an injustice. That's what we must understand. We have to drive that message forcefully. It's still going to have compassion. It's still going to have love. But we're not going to alter it to say, well, that's not really a sin. That's not really that bad. You're not helping them. If they if they brought it to the surface, they're seeking something. But they need to seek it from God Almighty and seek our Lord on high for his strength and for his wisdom, as you must do as a minister one-on-one to the individual who has shared these these things with you. And we must apply its truth. We want to drive that message so forcefully that they'll, that they won't then just try to cover it up and hide it. We want it to be to the service. We want it to be over to them. And when it is at the surface, we have to apply the truth to that situation. I hope you understand that. Deal with people where they are until they begin to realize their true need. Think about that, brothers and sisters. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back after these few short messages. Stay tuned. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's Talk Station. Kids across America are going to school hungry. Millions of kids every day. Hungry kids get sick more often and can struggle in school. It can be harder for them to focus and learn. But one simple thing can help change all of this for a hungry child in America. Good, healthy food and the energy it brings. With help from caring people across America, No Kid Hungry is providing healthy meals and hope to hungry kids so they can build better futures. We want to ensure that all of our kids have healthy meals every day. Thank you. Thank you for helping feed our kids. To learn more about ending child hunger in America, go to helpnokidhungry.org today. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing? Or your daughter's first birthday party? You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit. And make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. I'm William Shatner. I've been around a long time, but I'm truly humbled when I see the real battles our brave, paralyzed veterans have faced defending our freedom and when they come home. I had just come home from serving over in Germany. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later. I was paralyzed. While parachuting with my platoon, my parachute didn't open. I broke my neck. It left me paralyzed for the rest of my life. I was on a routine patrol. And uh, we were in the desert of Kuwait, and the vehicle flipped and landed on top of me, which uh, left me paralyzed from the waist down. Okay, folks, this, this, this is heroism. That's why I'm proud to support paralyzed veterans of America, because they've kept their promise to never leave a fallen soldier behind. A roof over the heads 
accessible homes, cars, jobs, benefits. PVA has brought me back to life. Show them their sacrifice hasn't been in vain. Go to PVA.org to learn how you can make a difference. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back and thank you for joining in this morning. It's really a pleasure having you here. I also want to thank you for all of your encouraging messages and emails. It really is appreciated. Uh, when I meet some of you guys on the street and you're just so encouraged, uh, encouraging me constantly. So I want to thank you for that. Um, if you would like a free Bible or, or want to um, maybe hear some more about a particular subject that we discussed during the program, you can contact me by email at SaturdayMorningDanBrown at Yahoo.com. And I, I believe today's message focused, uh, you know, focusing our message, I think, is so crucial in today's age because we, we do have a set of moral standards and there are things that are right and there are things that are wrong. Not everything that goes on is right and OK just because somebody tells you it is. And often when you look deeply into some of these things that people are saying, oh, it's okay if only I'm doing it's not hurting anybody. The reality is it doesn't seem that any of these things that people are trying to, uh, to perpetrate onto our population, onto humanity, ever just stays with that one person and goes away. Um, there's just such horrid and wretched things that go on around us child abuse, sex slavery for children and everybody else. I mean, it's just, it's it's unfathomable at some length that human beings would be so debased and go so dark into these things uh, that these things continue to happen. And there are elements around us that are pushing to say, this is okay. This is all right. And that's just one particular issue but it's not okay, and it's not all right, and it's unacceptable. So our message for today, talking about fo- focusing and staying focused on our message, is that when we are in contact with people and we're seeing things and they're sharing with us that things that they felt like might be wrong, if it's wrong, you must have the courage to say, yes, that is wrong. And then share the gospel with them, the good news. And I, and, and again, I think this is so right, um, that we need to meet them where they're at, right? We need to meet them there. We're, we're not going to try to beat them into some kind of, uh, uh, a level of submission to some, some crazy thing and then, uh, you know, hate them into something. Their sin is their sin. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is, this is a fact, you know, and we can see it in everyday life. We make mistakes. We do stupid things. And not all those mistakes that are made are done by us. I will tell you, there are people that prey on other people. Seeking and searching weaknesses. And when they seek that weakness, they will prey upon it to get their will done with someone else. Oh, whether it's finances, whether it's relationship, it's just disgusting out there. And, you know, we have very bruised people. There's lots of people around who who were feeling, uh, you know, like they're not good enough and they're not this and they're not that. And sometimes these people will take advantage of those kinds of things, but not for a good thing, not for a compassionate thing, not for love, for lust or control or just to destroy someone else's marriage. This is bad. And it happens both between men and women. Both sides do the same thing. And so I want to encourage you in your marriages, people, in your marriage, when you talk to your spouse, don't fight over stupid things. Make love the center of your life. Make our heavenly father the center of your life because God is love. 
And when God is the center of your life, these things and these individuals that come, you'll have the strength. You'll have the wisdom. You'll be able to see through this masquerade that they're trying to put onto someone. And it's happened more times than I would even care to say or think about. It is awful. And again, I want to say that we have to drive this message forcefully to them. I'm not saying screaming. I'm not saying physicality, nothing like that. Forcefulness uh, can be done gently. It almost seems like those two things are at odds. But the truth of it is we can love forcefully. We can love strongly. We can have unbelievable compassion for someone. And we can have unbounded grace at the same time. And that's what this is. That's what we're talking about. Cutting in. And if we're sensitive to God's way, then our message is going to be insistent and cut into the very root of their situation. Because if we don't get to the root, you're not going to have any healing. And so we have to drive this message home because we don't want that person to hide it any longer. And when they share it and when we see it, we must apply its truth, the truth of the gospel with it. And so we deal with people where they are, right there, right where they are, until they begin to realize their true need. Then hold high the standard of Jesus for their lives. Because Christ is central in all of this. Because without Jesus, it's often a lost cause. Well, I would say without Jesus, it's all a lost cause. We may be able to do something with a relationship here or there. Again, hear this. Satisfy ourselves in some way that we've accomplished something. But unless God's will is central and center and Christ is the center of our life, the fulfillment of why you and I were created, God's purpose for us isn't fulfilled. And we can turn our way, ourselves away from God very, very, very easy. And their response might be this. I can never be that. But that's just the lie of wickedness. That's just the lie of covering up. Because it may be that they may never want to be that. Remember, everything that we're doing, our choice is by our will. God does not force himself upon us. And if we choose, if we choose, we can push God away. And my suggestion is please don't. And again, their response might be, I can never be that. But then what we do is we drive it home. With Christ says you must. And then the answer might be, but how can I be? How can I be? And your answer is this. From Luke chapter 11, verse 13, bring it home. You're right. You can't unless you have a new spirit. Unless you were born again. Unless you accept Jesus into your heart and your soul, you cannot. But that's why God has us here, to be able to be on the scene, meet them where they're at, in the middle of that crisis, and plant the seed, because the Holy Spirit's going to make it grow, and then their choice will be to accept or to not. And for them, what must happen is there has to be a sense of need created before the message is of any use. You have to understand that. But we're partakers in that. We can help them understand that need so often when we give the right amount of tension and when we give the right amount of words and when we just don't give sympathy and say, it'll be all right. We need to give the answer. We need to give where they need to go. And so often in the beginning of a crisis, we'll just try to be comforting and maybe won't address the situation right away. But we should. We should go back and we should address that situation as you try to encourage, keep them calm, and then begin to focus on what you're going to share. 
And so there must be a sense of need really created in our message if it's going to be of any use. We're sharing why there is a need in humanity, why humanity is suffering. Why did this event happen in their life or this trial or tribulation? Why? We can share those things in the most gentle way. And I will tell you, there's thousands of people in this world that profess to be happy without God. I see it every day. Thousands of people. But if we could be truly happily, happy and moral without Jesus, then why did Christ come? If it can be done without him, if it could be done, if God didn't send his son, could it really be done in the condition that man is? I think not. And I think that we have had centuries and thousands of years to show that we cannot. Every government, every emperor, every system that puts itself up as, ah, this one's the savior of humanity. It might go along a thousand years like the Roman Empire. It may go along with different emperors and dictators and everything for some time. But in the end, you begin to see it crack. In the end, you see the flaws. You see the breaks. And in the end, the powerful only support the powerful. Control everything. The rest of humanity struggles along while they smile. Seek your Savior. Seek God. He came because that's the kind of happiness and peace. That kind that they seek is only superficial. Jesus Christ came to bring a sword so that every kind of peace that is not based on a personal relationship with himself. That's where the sword is, to separate us from the wickedness. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back after this. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Joe Biden officially is running for re-election. So we'll get a treat of another year and a half of Joe Biden campaigning and desperately clutching on to individual syllables in every sentence he tries to <laughs> utter. So the entertainment value may be there, even though he is a, a bad guy and a, and a bad president. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Weekday afternoons at 1 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I'm Karen McHugh. Severe flooding affecting millions who live along the Mississippi due to this spring's snowmelt. Right now, more than 30 locations in four states are in or forecasted to be in a major flood stage. The mighty Mississippi is already crested to dangerous levels in the north, but the water continues to rise downriver in the Midwest. The flooding is so bad that shipping has been stopped along portions of the river. Fox's Marianne Rafferty. With Title 42 about to come to an end, House Republicans say they have a new plan to secure the southern border. Included in the GOP's legislation, border wall construction would resume, border agents would get a pay bump, and those seeking asylum would have to do it at a U.S. port of entry and pay a $50 fee. There's also talks of impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Fox's Matt Finn. Democrats say the GOP plan is just a distraction. America is listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. You'll need the umbrella for today. Occasional rain and drizzle. Breezy this morning, high 62. Low clouds for tonight with late occasional rain, low 53. Tomorrow, on and off rain, some can be heavy with a thunderstorm. Breezy in the afternoon, high 65. And Monday, kicking off the week, windy with a mix of clouds and sun, high 65. For AccuWeather, I'm Cheryl Golden. On WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you for joining in. We're in our third segment of today. Our program is really how to focus our message that we're sharing with the world. We're sharing with those that are hurting, our neighbors and our friends who haven't come to know our Lord and Savior yet, or or maybe on the fringe. And, and what I've seen is I've seen many, many people 
feel they have a sense of happiness and, and morality in there by material goods or, or wealth or, or different things in that way. And maybe even when someone would they love very deeply. But the sense of what happens unless their lives are focused, focused with Christ as the central figure, building on that intimate relationship that the God of all creation seeks to have with us, eventually disaster will come. Disaster will come. If your marriage and your relationship, if Jesus isn't at the center, something's going to come and something's going to tick away and chip away, and eventually there can be a breakdown. And I pray that that doesn't happen to you. I really pray that it doesn't. Because I've had good friends and individuals who have, who have faced and just faced uh, unbelief at what happened in their uh, relationships and different things that never could see it coming. And we don't see it coming. And I, I will tell you, there was a time in my life, uh, early young in my marriage, where there were things that I did not pay attention to correctly. And I wasn't making Christ the center focus of my life the whole time. And when I changed that, it changed. So please, take time. Put Christ in the center of your marriage. Seek those things. And God's will will be done in your life. And his promise is peace and joy in your life. It doesn't mean you're not going to get through a rough patch. It doesn't mean there's going to be not bumps. But you're going to be able to get through them. But when we seek the flesh, see, the flesh is weak. Right when I said right from the beginning, the Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And there is elements around us that seek to disrupt what they see as a, a good relationship here or something over here. And out of jealousy and envy or even God worse, worse things, and there are worse things. To seek to harm those individuals and disrupt those lives for their own selfish and lustful purposes. Embrace your loved ones every night. Pray together. Keep the gospel on your lips so that your relationships with your, in your marriage and with your children are secure. Secure. Seek those righteous things. Because it's not coming through your home, your money, your pension, your fancy car, your wonderful clothes, the most expensive colognes or perfumes. That's all a lie. That's all a lie. And if you're seeking people only for that surface skin reflection of what you think you see as beauty, be cautious. Let God lead you. Let God correct you. And again, as I wrap this up, uh, that particular part of our, our subject, please seek God with all your might and your soul. And when you find yourself in a relationship, tribulation and trial, put God first. Put righteous and holy love first. Focus in that. And God will do your battles. That's the promise, because now you're into something that you don't have the strength. You can try to draw it from every, but you're just going to be angry. You're going to want your pound of flesh. Seek God. Seek God in all his glory, his understanding, his wisdom, and his strength. And when you do that, his will will be done in your life. And the other thing we want to do is we need to seek the right kind of help when we're doing this. That's what individuals should do when they're, when they're starting to have this breakdown or a tribulation or a trial. In John 12, the Gospel of John, chapter 12, 32, it says, And I, if I am lifted up, will draw all peoples to myself. Now, I say this scripture so that you can understand it this way. The idea is that very few of us have any understanding sometimes of the reason why Jesus died. We, we make it, it is simplistic in, in, its, in its basics, yes. 
There is. We can, but sometimes we really don't stand back to take it all in the way that we should do. And again, this goes with what we were talking about in the first two segments of today. Um, And if all that humanity needed was sympathy, then the cross of Christ is an absurdity. There's absolutely no need for it. If all humanity needed was sympathy, every day, I'm, I know, you, all of us, every day we give people sympathy. Every day. And Lord, I thank you for, for putting this message in my heart today because I find myself in this situation as well, helping others. I am, oh, my ready to dole out sympathy. But along with sympathy must come the truth and the answer and the source to why that trial and that tribulation began for that individual. You're not hurting them. You're not putting them down. You're trying to light a a light, to strike a match so they can see in their darkness. So they can see through this fog that has taken them over where they can't believe the situation that is happening within their life. And again, if all humanity needed was sympathy, then there would be no reason for the cross of Christ. Absolutely no need. And I will say this. What the world needs not is a little bit of love. But the world needs major surgery. It's not a little bit of love. It is all of it. And true love, the sword of love, divides the bone and the marrow. It separates so deeply into the causes of sin and humanity so that you can have clarity in your situation and you can see that God can provide you with the strength and the wisdom to carry on. When you find yourself face to face with a person who is spiritually lost, please remind yourself of Jesus Christ on the cross. It is the purpose that he gave his life for. Remember what it says? We are healed for his wounds. Our wounds are healed by his stripes. By what he suffered is how we are redeemed and restored. Keep that in your mind. Keep that in your mind. When you're face to face with a person who is spiritually lost and crushed and finds themselves in a situation that is unimaginable. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, this is every day. It is not church on Sunday and back to work on Monday, business as usual. Your coworkers, those who are in your inner circle, Everywhere you look, there are people who are being crushed daily. And we provide some sympathy. We provide a little bit of love. But we are doing them injustice. Pray that God gives you the correct words and leads your thoughts and your heart to the correct words and sentences that will bring them to understand the God of all creation. Please do that. And you know what? If that person can't get to God any other way, then what happens? What happens? If they could get to God in another way, then why would the cross be necessary? But if there actually is another way for them to redeem, then Christ is unnecessary. It's all a farce, but it's not. All you have to do is step back and open your eyes and look at the world and everything around you, and you will say in your heart, if you have any shred of real love, real love, not a little bit of love, but real, real godly love and compassion, you will say humanity needs Christ, and I can see why the cross was necessary. 
And if you ha- and if you think that just helping lost people with some sympathy and pats on the back, we're actually we'd actually be a traitor to Jesus Christ. That's a harsh way to say it, but that's the truth of it. And Jesus said to us uh, in Revelation when he's going to the churches. He's saying you're either hot or cold, and if you're you're a fence-sitter and you're in the middle there and you're mediocre, mediocre, he says, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. My gosh, how much more does he have to tell us? We have to be valiant for the gospel. He gives us armor, the armor of God, to be able to step into that battle with the tools and weapons to use against unrighteousness, against unholiness, against sin, use that sword that God has given you. Use it and use it wisely. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after this. Almost said we're going to Shake Shack. (laughs) We'll be right back. Stay tuned. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back. And it's uh, just such a joy to be able to share with you week after week these great gospel messages. I want to give a lot of credit to somebody who's long gone from us, but uh, Mr. Oswald Chambers, he's, he's way back early, early century time. But I'll tell you what we're talking about and many of these wonderful writers who I have read over the years, like uh, uh, him and A.W. Tozer, who was at a different time earlier back in the 60s. Uh, these men were, were our modern day prophets who shared messages um, that are unchanging through the times. Sin is sin. And, uh, you know, I'm like Oswald Chambers, I guess he was about, uh, he was in the, uh, from the uh, late 1800s into, uh, uh, he passed away, I think around 1917. But the, but these, but the words that he has shared and the writings that he put down, and these men did not write these things to make books to make money. They wrote these things to move their congregations and the individuals that they were speaking to. And that is the purpose of my message as well, is to hopefully move you to plant a seed. And the program itself, this hour that I have to share with you, is not the end all to what your studying should be. And that's why I encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, contact me at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com and I'll send it to you. That's Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com and I'll send you that. But here we are on this fine Saturday in our fourth segment of today about being focused on the message in the world because many of us have a tendency to do what? Water down the message. And that's not what we want to do because many times those believers or those that are on the edge or maybe those that are not even anywhere near close, oftentimes The message becomes of value to them when they hit the roadblock, the end of the road, the cliff, the bump, whatever you want to call it. That's where God meets us so often. That's the important part of the message that I'm trying to tell you today. Just sympathy and pats on the back and telling them it's going to be all right. It's not what we're doing. We end up devaluing the gospel when we don't share it right. And I'm culpable of that as as much as any of us are. And we have so many people around that are suffering uh, uh, because of things that are going on in their life because Christ is not the center. But you have the standard. You're a standard bearer. You are a light holder. When you have that candle, when you're holding that light, no one covers it, puts a bushel over or hides it under a bed. Lift your banner high. Loud and proud of who you are in your faith in Jesus Christ. Because humanity is starving for it. We're becoming 
fountains of living water that God uses to refresh others. Make sure we do. Don't waste that opportunity. And so we need to make sure that when we're making that priority is that we present Jesus Christ crucified to lift him up at all times. Right? To lift him up at all times. If you want to read 1 Corinthians 2, 2, that's a great one to read to understand that. And every belief that's not firmly rooted in the cross of Christ is going to lead people astray. And if the worker himself believes in Jesus Christ is a trusting and in the reality of redemption, our words will be what? Our words will be compelling to others. So we must be secure in Jesus Christ for our words to be compelling to others. That is so important for us to understand. What is extremely important in a worker's simple relationship with Jesus Christ is to be strong and growing. That's our obligation to Christ, growing in his will, making ourselves useful. And his usefulness to God depends on that and that alone. Our usefulness to God depends, have we surrendered? This is an ongoing subject for me. Because we have a tendency to only go 50%, 60%. We're not all in all the time, but yet we'll use the name of Jesus. We have not submitted and surrendered to his will 100%. How can we be useful? Surrender and submit and God will use you in the most amazing ways. As I just shared here, it will be compelling. The message. And what's extremely important for the worker, again, is that simple relationship with Jesus Christ to be strong and growing. And my and your usefulness to God depends on that and depends on that alone. So the calling, you and I, the calling of the the New Testament worker, although it encompasses the Old Testament as well, but is to expose sin and reveal Christ as the Savior. Consequently, we're not always charming. We're not always friendly. But we must be willing to be stern. We are compassionate. We are loving. But when it comes to sharing in that sin, it's not simply just covering it over, not saying it'll be all right, not just giving sympathy. Instead, here's a, here's a phrase, <laughs> not just giving sympathy instead of that surgery. You know what? That's like a person that has some major thing going on and you, you know they need surgery, but they don't want to do it, right? And you just give them sympathy about it. You just give them sympathy. They need more than sympathy. And humanity needs more than sympathy. It needs major, major, major love, compassion, and grace. And we're there to help people understand that. And we're sent by God to lift up Jesus Christ. We're not here, although many many times we talk and they are wonderful messages, but I'll tell you, let me say it again. We are not sent by God to just give wonderful, beautiful speeches. That's not the purpose at all. We are sent by God to lift up Jesus Christ. And when we only give, I'm going to share, this is a hard truth, brothers and sisters, when we only give beautiful speeches, we're lifting up ourselves. Yeah. Because unless we're lifting up Christ, we're just lifting ourselves up. And if you're a, a Bible student and read any here and there through the scriptures, you're going to have come across where the Pharisees of old gave endless good speeches. But it was powerless. Jesus called them whitewashed headstones with 
you know, bones in the graves. It was no of no value. Let your speech have value. Lead to life. People are thirsty. People are dying for the truth. Be willing to do that. We must be willing to examine the others with us around us as deeply as God has examined us. When someone comes to us and they're asking those hard questions, give them the truth. That's the words. Give them the truth. It is a time and the intent of God that when where they're finding themselves at now is the time in their life that they're ready to accept the truth. And after all, how many of us have turned to God because of an event or a situation in our life that brought us in need to say, I need God. I can't go on like this. This is horrible. I'm one of those. I hope you could admit it if you are. And if you're one of those, how come you can't see that many people around you may be coming to that situation too? And there's your opportunity to share Christ. Because remember what the Bible says? There's a scripture that says, if you save one life, one, you have saved your own. I think that's important to understand. And we also... Truly, we must also be on t- intent, very deeply intent. We have to observe sometimes, and, and, and we pray that God gives us the ability to see some things that maybe not be right at the service, but might come up in, in a way that we share the gospel. But we must also be sharply intent on set, uh, sensing And remembering those scriptural passages that will drive the truth home. And the key to that is when we do understand those passages and they come into mind, that we don't sidestep, we don't hide, we don't hesitate. We don't be afraid to apply them to the situation. My friends, I pray that if there is anything that's going on in your lives, if if anything that I've described today is remotely even close to something that you're experiencing, today, 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 take to prayer. It's not salvation through me, although much of what I'm talking about is us sharing the gospel because we're immediately have to be in, we're in someone's life and we're hearing something that they're sharing. But if you're listening to this program today and any of these things you're experiencing, you don't need me there. You need Christ there. You need God in your life. Take the time to pray. If you have to cry on your knees, pray. You can ask God why. He asked you to question. Knock and the door will be opened. Ask, and it will be answered. That's God's promise to you. And I pray that you will seek and you will share in God's love. And God bless you all. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll talk next week.